Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. This week, yet again, we're talking about Apple stuff, but in particular, Apple's iPad line and how its current state, it's its kind of difficult to know what iPad to purchase because it's a big lineup and there's a lot of different devices in there and some of them offer relatively the same specs and features and we're, we're going to get into it. But I'm Patrick O'Rourke and Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech. He's across the internet from me. How are you doing, Brad? Terrible. The nothing event was before we recorded this podcast, and that put me in a terrible mood. If you're, you know, you can read my piece on it, and you'll understand. So we won't get into it here, but that's that's how I am this morning. Is it because there was nothing at the event? Oh, precisely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A lot of, that a lot is of not... bravado, but I wasn't in for that. Yeah. Uh, I think we may we may talk about it at, at some point or may do an episode focused on like some of the smoke and mirrors surrounding tech events. That, that could be I'd love to do thing. an episode on like a nothing product, but they just don't release them. They just, like you said, smoke and mirrors. You have the <sighs> headphones coming though, don't you? The earbuds? I actually do have the headphones finally. They're right here. They're oh, you actually, have them? They're very cool to look at. That's all I'll say about those. They're transparent. It makes me think of the transparent original Game Boy that I always wanted as a kid. Yeah, me too. I, I had the Game Boy Advance. It was kind of fogged. But anyway, let's get into the iPad stuff. You want to talk about so this, what your favorite iPad yeah. is? Yeah, this this podcast topic sort of came up, one, because there wasn't a ton of stuff going on in the tech space. And two, it's because you did like a, a little bit of a buyer's guide related to the iPad after the last Apple event. And we thought it might be good to discuss that story sort of in, in podcast and in audio form. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to kick it off, like I thought it would make sense that because we, we've both covered various iPads at this point, right? Like to, to be clear, just with, with listeners. Um, but we thought it would be good to break down like what each of our favorite iPad is. Um, so yeah, I, I guess you wrote the story. You can kick it off, Bennett. What is the iPad in Apple's current lineup in its current state that is your favorite tablet? Yeah, so mine, I actually don't have it because Alex is using it right now. Um, <laughs> That's so my funny. favorite one is the <laughs> iPad mini. And it's, I guess, both of our favorites, hence why she's using it. But we we love the iPad mini. So I'll just go over why, um, sort of in point form. So first off, super portable. And I think that that's the most important part. For me, I'm always more of a Mac guy for like my main computing device. So for an iPad, it's sort of like an auxiliary device. It's on the side. So having a larger iPad on the side, well, somewhat useful. And I have had this iPad Pro on my desk all week testing universal control. I find myself when I go out and when I want to do like iPad tasks, like reading on the couch or just taking it like with me to edit some photos on the go, the mini is is just easier to take with me. And that's the one I use the most, the one I like the most, you know. This screen could be a bit nicer, but it's got a little camera. It's got a little flash. has USB-C, which I think is very, very important support for 
uh, the magnetic Apple Pencil 2. And the A15 chip is more than enough power, I think, for an iPad, especially the mini. What about you? Is what that you jelly like? scrolling issue gone now? No, but it's not, I wouldn't, I'm hesitant to even call it an issue. You know, it was so weird and only like appeared on certain websites when you were scrolling on like a very specific way and like had to be going at a specific speed. It was something that like I'd literally never noticed up until The Verge, Dieter brought it up and was like, hey, this is an issue. So I, I guess if you're one of those people that notices like screen refresh rates and finds the like screen refresh rates aggravating, uh, you might notice this. But for me, I'm more of a, they were talking about this in the latest Vergecast, but I think people either lean, what they were saying is people either lean refresh rate or more or for colors and like uh, density. And I feel like I'm on the color density side. Like I want to, you know, high packed like retina display and I want to punchy colors that really like help me with my photos. So I think the iPad mini is more than enough in that case. Although if they put an XDR display in it, I would be very happy. But I don't know if I'd want to pay for that. I didn't think that I was the type of person that cared about um, display refresh rates until I yes, started same. using the the iPhone 13 like every day. Mm, and then, yeah, right. you just mentioned the SE. Like going back to that was, I think I said it in my review, it was jarring. Like it, it, I noticed it in ways that I didn't before, despite like reviewing Samsung devices that featured like a 90 hertz or 120 hertz refresh rate or whatever. Um, and I've been thinking about it. I was trying to figure out why. It's like, I think it's because when I'm reviewing an Apple device, I end up hanging on to it, right? And I, I'm an Apple user. I use the iPhone all year long. So it's the phone that I'm using all the time. Whereas when I was doing a lot of our Samsung reviews, and, and Samsung was obviously one of the first companies to start pushing 90 hertz, 120 hertz, variable refresh rates, all that fun stuff. Um, I only would use them for like a couple months, right? Or even in some cases, weeks, depending on when Samsung Canada wanted to take the device back. So maybe I saw the difference, but it, it, I didn't become used to it or something like that. Um, yeah. And for me, that that's one of the things that like, when I think of the iPad mini, perfect device, all around perfect. But part of me wonders if going from the iPad Pro back to the mini, and I'll get into this when I talk about my favorite iPad, because that's also still a concern with that one. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it would bother me, right? Like, I wonder if that like refresh rate issue would become frustrating and noticeable to me. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like definitely very subjective. So I've been using the 11 inch Pro on my desk with um, universal control. And that one also has 120 hertz screen just doesn't have XDR. Um, I didn't notice that much of a difference between it and the new air. But I definitely feel like I was noticing more of a difference between it and the $429 like base model iPad in Canada. And the bigger difference, though, for me, like I was saying, was the colors like the iPad Pro screen was like, beautiful and then the ipad screen was just looking a little washed out very similar to how you reacted to the 13 the 13 series versus the iphone se i think it's 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 a very similar like screen reaction i had so beyond the portability with the mini um yeah what are some of the other notable features that you really like about it like it doesn't have face id obviously right it's got the side fingerprint sensor like the air yeah and that actually i don't like um i wish it had face id face id in the pro is like super handy because i find that i'm like i don't know i've been using it on my desk a lot so just being able to swipe up and open it with face id instead of having to like type in my password or on the ipads with touch id you need to like rest your finger on the power button on the side and then like hold it for a moment and it's just like uh, okay and like that that brief pause that bit of hesitation i really really don't like and on top of that depending on which case you're using, which is likely not an issue for most people, they only have one case, 
but I take, I have the folio. This is magnetic. I take it in and out a lot and I like to hold it one way with the power button at the top and the volume buttons at the top as well. But when I put it in the case, it then like flips it. So the power button is like on the side at the bottom and the volume buttons are like on the side at the other bottom. It's, it's just, it gets annoying, the button placement. And I mean, I'm getting used to it and it's like kind of nitpicky, but I wish there was like face ID. I just didn't have to worry about it as much. I could just tap the screen and swipe up and, you know, the buttons are weird. Although I will say, I believe iPad OS 15.4 made it so that where the the orientation of your iPad will determine which volume button is up and which volume button is down. Um, So I think that should help my problem with the mini. I I believe it does. Used it since that update yet. Um, but I think that will like solve my problem because maybe I'll like stop getting confused by the volume buttons every time I try to touch them. Um, One of yeah. the things that you yeah, to no, continue. Sorry, I was just going to say, but yeah, like realistically, not that huge of an issue. One of the things that I always really liked about the mini, um, and I don't do it so much anymore, but back when it first came out, I think it was the first iPad that I ever bought, the first gen one. Um, it was like the perfect device for mobile gaming. Um, it just felt like great in, in, in your hands. Um, and I find like some of the bigger iPads are like a little bit more unwieldy if you're trying to play games with them, um, which I know like not everyone's buying an iPad to play games, but like back then that is like literally what I, what I bought it for. Cause I didn't have an iOS device. That was my iOS device for playing iOS games. Um, and that was just like, when I think of the mini, that's what I always remember is that it was like this great size for playing video games on. I think that's that's probably still true. I I do like it for gaming. I'm not a huge mobile gamer, um, but I guess I'll say that I like, like you said, it's easier to like carry around. That leads into the portability. It's just like, yeah, you know, it's not that much bigger than a phone. It's easy to hold in one hand, easy to like have curled up on the couch with. Um, but I like it for first person shooters. I feel like it's a comfortable size for like on-screen joysticks and stuff. Um, bigger iPads for games like Roller Coaster Tycoon that I play or like Stardew Valley. I think I, I still would rather the bigger iPad and having like the more stretched out space. Just, you know, it's not that much larger. But you're right. Those like certain games on the mini, super, super mid. And the fact that like, I would say for men, probably more than women, you can like kind of shove it in most back pockets. And that's pretty handy too. That's a good point. So you can game um, on the go. Oh, and it has, yeah. if you want, it has 5G. But I mean, like, I don't think most people are paying for that, especially not just like, people who want a game on the go but having that connection on the go is pretty handy for like a little ipad i think i i think about that sometimes i i think more people pay for those like ipad data plans than maybe we realize like they, but i don't think it's people like us i think it'd be no, I, no for me no, no, i think no, it's no, people no. like living in like rural situations or who are using yeah. them for like work on the go a lot it's not people who are just I, buying I just, it so they can have another connected device you know I remember when I used to take the Go train to work and I, I would literally see quite a few people using an iPad Pro as like their main computer and they'd be like scrolling through spreadsheets and stuff and I'd like glance at their screen and they'd always be on data. Um, and I, I don't know if that's like a work thing where like their work is providing the, the data plan to them. That, that could be what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But personally, I've never like had any desire because I would just connect, tether to my, my phone, right? Like that's what I would do. I tethered my phone connection. I don't need a plan specifically for my iPad, but um yeah, I'll go into the the tablet, um, the iPad that that is my personal favorite. I've always been a fan of, well, not always, because I was mainly a fan of the iPad Mini. But for me, the 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 top tier um, iPad that I think offers a, a nice mix between high end features and price, especially now that it has the M1 chip. It's like the iPad the for iPad lovers, you know. Yeah, <laughs> is the new the new iPad Air. Um, 
I think that it has a great design. It's cool that it's colorful. I personally prefer the side fingerprint sensor to, to Face ID as someone who uses an iPad Pro as like their daily iPad device. I will. Um, I'll concede to that because like anytime I'm holding it in landscape mode, which is most times, my hand does cover the Face ID sensor. Is that, that why you don't? That's like exactly it? what I was going to yeah. say. Like half the it's time, annoying. Face ID doesn't work on it. I love that Apple's, it's there. It's Apple's got to put those webcams on the on the long side. Yeah, I'm hoping that that changes the next iPad Pro. Um, and I think the other thing that I really like about it is it like it works with the second gen Apple Pencil. I think 10.9 inches is a really nice size. It's like not too big. It's not too small. It's perfect for doing. It's not great for playing games. I know we just talked about that with the iPad mini, but it's a screen that's big enough to let you do multitasking, typing, having multiple things opened at once. These aren't things that I do with my iPad all the time, but if I were to go out and get one, I would want one that felt like multi-purpose, right? Like that. That's fair. I kind of felt like I could do whatever I needed to do with it. Yeah. Um, and for me, one of the big things is the price. Like it's it falls under the iPad Pro, obviously, but it still has the same chip. Um, and I know the iPad Air often is the one that's like it kind of lands strangely in Apple's lineup because it at one point, like the 2021 had a better chip than the iPad Pro. Um, and I know in this case now it has the same chip as the iPad Pro. It's just and then the other thing that I want to mention um, before we hit the ad break is just like if you compare the the new Air to the new pro they're so very similar the only yeah. things that differentiate them as far as i'm concerned are face id which great nice to have i call it a nice to have um i think most i'm fine nice to have yeah i'm fine with the side fingerprint sensor um and then the 120 hertz and that's something that i kind of alluded to earlier i haven't used the air in quite some time and i've been using a pro for like a year now um one of my concerns would be like would i notice that jump um and I'm starting to think that I might, but if you haven't like experienced the jump to 120 hertz, I don't think you're gonna know you're gonna know the difference. It, it takes some time to like I don't know have your brain adjust to it, and then when you go back, you you really do do you see it, or at least I do. But if you haven't, yeah, the, the air I found wasn't too bad. I feel like it's really bright, really punchy, really vibrant, and like it just it didn't feel like an old display in the way that the okay, SE or the see. iPhone 11 feels it did. I think the biggest issue that I'm seeing people like comparing the iPhone or um, the iPad, uh, yeah, well, I want to call them by their numbers. The iPad Pro 11 inch and the iPad Air is simply the base model uh, storage. So the iPad Air starts at like 749 for like 64 gigs. And then I think the iPad Pro starts at like $200 a $200 difference. But it's 128 gigs. And if you want to get, you can't get 128 gigs on the Air. It goes right up to 256 and then it's, I believe it's more than the iPad Pro, which is just like now you're comparing apples and oranges and, and people, it seems like you said the the Face ID camera, the faster USB port, 128 hertz, nice to have, but people really do care about that storage and finding the best like value for that is is where this like weirdness is coming in this year, I think. So here's a, here's a quick question before we hit the break. Um, why is storage that important to people? Um, and I'm sort of playing devil's advocate a little bit here because so many things, so so much of what we do is stored in the cloud now, right? Like photos, uh, for the most part, I think a lot of people have some sort of like iCloud tiered subscription just because nobody ever deletes photos. Um, at least most people I do. Uh, most people I know I do. Um, and then like, I, what are you downloading on an iPad where you need 
that much space. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll answer it. But while I answer it, I want you to open up your iPhone and tell me how much space you're using on it currently. But yeah, so basically for me, when I opened up the iPad Air, Apple sent me to review the larger 256 gig one. And just right off the hop, when I um, imported my like home like layout and my files and added my Apple ID to the new one, immediately more than 64 gigs were on it. And a lot of that is music, some of it's photos, some of it's like apps. Music you know to I mean? the point, like, okay. You've got big apps. You've got a big, or you got a big iPad. You want to play big apps? Like I downloaded Divinity too, and it's like, you know, that was a twelve gig app. So if you sure. only got sixty four gigs, that's like more than a fifth of your story, or about a fifth. Adobe of your apps storage. are big too. Yeah, and they get bigger and bigger the more you use them, the more you save files within them. Especially if you're a creative, okay. making like doodle books and stuff. That's just building up. Like you're right, photos can stay or store in the cloud, and you're probably not taking that many photos on the iPad. So most of the photos on there probably are cloud saved, unless you're doing like a lot of photo work. Um, but also, yeah, that's a huge issue. Like if I was to be doing like photo editing projects, those could easily, easily go over 64 gigs. Video editing is like not a chance. It's under 64 gigs unless it's good point, video. something so small. Well, like if it's doing 4k and because it's the M1, it's like, well, I can push 4k around. So I might as well, but you know, fitting that stuff on there is tough. Um, I don't have it here, but I have a Samsung T7 SSD hard drive. So I'm plugging that in, it's been working pretty well with the iPad, but and you could do that if you had a 64 gig. But if you're trying to buy this as your main device, or I think people buying iPads want them to last like, you know, four or five years. Like you want to, an iPad doesn't go out of, out of date as much as a phone, it feels like. Um, people just know storage fills up quickly. And, and I think in 2022, 64 is like the bare minimum. But, you know, my mom, I would probably still recommend a 64 gig iPad. If you were a student getting one for school, no. I think you would go through that so quickly and you'd be really mad at yourself. Like even you, it's like the same reason you wouldn't buy a 128 gig or 256 gig MacBook right now. You know what I mean? It's like yes. enough, but you know, they're going to max it out in a year and then where are they going to be? But yeah, how much is on your phone? How much do you use? I've used a hundred gigs of 500 gigs. See, you know what I mean? Which that's just a phone. It's like more than, even, more than I thought. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like when I put the iPad on and I was like, whoa, 75 gigs of stuff already. I was like, okay, I guess I got to go against this 64 gig thing because Without even realizing it, like all of my devices have more than that on them. It's just the nature of, and I know that I push things hard, but you know, I think for most people, that's not enough. Yeah, no, those are good points. Um, and we're going to get into this in a bit, but like, I think it ultimately comes down to like what you intend to use the iPad for, right? Like if yeah. you're using it as a media consumption device and you don't plan to use it for productivity, which I think a lot of people do, yep. we're going to get into that. Um, maybe you could get away with the smaller size. Uh, but yeah, let, let's hit the ad break and then uh, we have a few more other topics we're going to cover. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So we alluded to it before, um, and we talked about the Air, and we talked about the current Pro, and we know there's going to be a Pro refresh coming in a couple it's just like scheduled it's gonna happen yeah but bennett 
how do you think the pro currently fits into the iPad lineup? Like who is it, who is it for, I guess is what I'm really asking you. So I don't know if the 11 inch pro is for anyone right now, (laughs) right? Like, no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you get face ID, slightly faster USB-C port, two cameras, a LiDAR sensor. I guess if you really needed that LiDAR sensor for work and your work wanted to buy you an iPad instead of like an iPhone 13, maybe you would get the 11 just to be cheaper. But like we're getting, you know, we just dig deeper and deeper and deeper into the niches as we like find uses for people who need the specific things that set the iPad Pro 11 inch apart. I think that one's been completely cannibalized by the iPad Air now that they're basically the same size, basically, you know, the same speed offer the M1 chip. Like there's not a lot of difference between them. Um, The iPad Pro 12, I think is for like iPad lovers just across the board who want to use an iPad as their main computer. Like if, if you were on you're going to use an iPad as your main computer, we would need that like 13 inch. What is it? Tw- is it 12 or 12.9 inches? 12.9 inches. I yeah. So double check, 13 inch. 12.9. Yeah. But it's basically the same size, like a MacBook air. And I think yeah, that it's the same. is like, it's like 0.1 of an inch. Yeah. yeah if I was using, if I was using an iPad every single day for my main computer, I think I would, I would want that extra screen real estate. You know what I mean? Like it's tough. Still smaller than a computer, bigger than I would want in an iPad, I think, for like curling up on the couch. But if I'm going to like want to get work done, I want that extra screen real estate for multitasking. Um, And then, yeah, I guess the iPad Air is kind of like you said, that middle ground for people who like really like iPads and want something useful, like, or just, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of like... device that's a little more capable. Yeah, it's tough because I think it's like being marketed towards students and stuff. And I want to say like students all the way even through university, depending on what you're doing. I mean, if you're in a course where you know you need like a Windows computer to run CAD programs, obviously the iPad's not going to work for you. But if you're just writing and researching essays over and over again and doing the odd slideshow, you're going to be great with an iPad. You're going to probably love it. Um, And that's where I think like the Air fits in. And then the regular iPad, unfortunately, or wait, we skipped the Mini. The Mini is for like... I think people who have MacBooks and also want iPads, that's my guess on the mini. Or if you really just want an iPad to read on, it's like the most e-reader size. Yeah. And then the final iPad, it's over there, I can't reach it, is the 10.2 base model iPad. The ancient looking one, the iPhone SE of the iPad line. Pretty much. It still has a lightning connector. It's the only one with that. It still has a home button, which is actually pretty nice. Um, doesn't fit into the smart keyboard or the magic keyboard. It only fits in the smart keyboard folio. So there's no like trackpad, good trackpad accessories. But I think that's the one for kids or maybe like really old people. Um, you know, like if you want to give your kid an iPad and say they were in like, I don't know, when do you think kids start needing computers in school now? Grade five, grade four? Like I, I'm probably over it. I have no idea. Yeah. But whatever your kid starts needing like computers in school, I think they would get away with an iPad being the the first device there. You used an iPad in high school, right? Yeah. Um, but I think, and I, okay. So I guess I'll clarify, like I could have, I could easily still get away with like a base model iPad in high school and even that university situation that I uh, outlined earlier, which was sort of like my post-secondary situation, um, which is a lot of writing, researching and slideshows. Probably could have gotten away with the base level iPad. I would have wanted an iPad Air just because it's a nicer iPad and the Magic Keyboard is is legit, like the best iPad accessory ever made. Um, but I could have gotten through with the base model iPad. And uh, yeah, I did in high school. Like through high school, I did use a base model iPad, like I don't know, what, 10, 12 years ago? But probably 10 years ago. I don't know. But um, Last year? 
Yeah. No, my uh, my computer like history went from like a really old Toshiba satellite to being. That's like, what wow, I had. I'm never carrying this around. This thing's like massive. Getting an iPad, absolutely loving it, loving it for like taking notes, reading notes, studying, like researching things, writing essays. I was in love with the iPad. So small, just carried it around. Felt like the superest nerd in my high school. <laughs> Although there were lots of kids that did that. My my first computer, like I didn't have one in high school because nobody just, I'm so old that nobody had laptops when, when I was in high school. Um, but it was like an expectation that you needed to get one for university. Everybody had computers and laptops in university. Um, all the rich kids had the white MacBook. Um, I don't mm. know if you've yeah, ever yeah, seen it, but it one. would go yeah. brittle, go brittle on the sides and it would kind of turn yellow. And then the yeah. like super rich kids had um, the Pro, the MacBook Pro that was like... Um, one of the early like brushed metal like stainless steel cool cool looking ones and i would just like show up with my massive toshiba satellite windows laptop with like a battery so big that it like stuck out of the bottom of it and weighed so much i'd lug it back and forth from like uh because i commuted most of the time i commuted from brampton to the ryerson and the go train didn't run that frequently and we'd just be carrying this massive laptop back and forth all the time to class um and i would always have to plug it in I'd always have to like fight for the plug spot because otherwise the thing would die in like 20 minutes. Yeah, um, that's a good thing. Very, with the very iPad, different honestly. world. Yeah, that's um, great battery life. Although, then yeah, I, I guess, well. I guess to bring it back to like what we're actually talking about and not me babbling about my giant Toshiba satellite that eventually cracked in the cold. Um, yeah. I, I like the iPad. Um, I don't think there's, I, realistically, I don't see, any manufacturer ever releasing an Android device that even comes close to it being as capable of what the iPad um, does. I, I know that Samsung continues to try, and I know that there's like some cool stuff with, with the Tab series. But out of yeah, curiosity... They're, they're really nice hardware, but the software support on Android is really tough. And Dex even the is, app ecosystem. Yeah, Dex is really, really annoying to use. What do you use your iPad for? Like, I, I can start... I yeah, primarily use as someone who like I got a, a bunch of Macs. Like this is what I review for Mobile Surf. This is my thing. Along with managing the team, I write about Apple products, so I have tons. Yeah. I realize that I like I'm a bit of a, an outlier in that sense. Nobody has like three MacBook Pros and a Mac Studio and all this stuff around me. But I use my iPad primarily for editing photos. Like I'll I'll do. It's nice to like pick up my iPad leave my office, go sit downstairs and edit photos. I'll like crop them, I'll size them, I'll like change the saturation, I'll do spot removal with the pen because um, I'm obsessed. But we should mention that's like, what, like 15 photos, 20 photos, 30 photos, 100 photos. How do, many do you mean like you in, do? A, in a session? In, in like a, in a session? Yeah. Like how casually are you editing photos on it? It really is the root of that. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't take, do as much photography as I used to. Um, but I would say like the Mac Mac Studio that's beside me, I probably mm -hmm. edited 30, 30 photos. Um, yeah, in, I think that's that a one that's session. a good amount for iPad. I feel like once it starts to get over a couple hundred or even over a hundred, yeah, it no, I'm never doing yeah. I'm never doing that much. Um, so I use but it for people that. do. We should say people no, do. I know people yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I use it for that. Uh, I use it for browsing social media. I find myself often just like watching movies and stuff on it, like in in yeah. bed. Like I use it as like a, a portable TV. And in that sense, I do appreciate the 120 hertz display. I do appreciate the mini LED that the iPad 
Pro. Well, no, the 120 hertz that... display isn't doing anything for movies. Movies are clocked at 60 hertz, or not even 24 frames per second most of the time. Sure, yeah, you not, you're not movies, getting but any... like browsing and and scrolling around and and whatever. Yeah, there are certain games that support the 100, 120 yeah. hertz. Um, I guess I was more referring to the mini LED. Like I do see yeah, a yeah, difference yeah. in in screen, in screen qual- quality and, and brightness when I'm watching stuff. Um, but like if you took the iPad Pro out of my like device equation, uh, I would be fine. Like I would just do those same All things of that on your laptop, on my MacBook Pro or my phone. Um, I wouldn't be editing photos on my phone to be clear, but I could just take my MacBook Pro, set it up in the bedroom and watch TV on it. Right. I kind of use it as a media consumption device. And with that in mind, in some sense, I would probably be fine with just the entry level iPad, the the little, the little baby old guy, like, uh, it just the, sucks the that you're using the old Apple pencil that sticks in the bottom at that point. And exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. But for the price and how much I use it, no, when for I sure. think that's about true. it, the value, that's the one that I would end up going with if I was actually going to have to like go out and purchase it with my own money because I primarily use it as a media consumption device. Like maybe if I did more photography at the site than I, than I do now, it would be a little more worth it. But even then, like I can just do it on my, my, my MacBook pro. Right. Yeah, and the screen on your iPhone is like just as good to be honest. It's smaller, but um, when I bought this, I'm holding up for the audio listeners, holding up a SD card dongle with a lightning connector on it, and I bought this yep. so I could put photos into the iPad. But guess where I use it all the time? My phone. I literally, if I'm doing photos. <laughs> so I talk a big game about bringing the iPad mini out with me to do photos, but I'm going to be honest, the last three times that I went out and did photos, <laughs> it's just been my phone. Like I, I was using the iPad mini a lot more, but now that Alex uses it a bit more, and by saying Alex uses it, she we use it mostly as our like teleprompter screen because it's small. It fits in our tiny teleprompter, yeah. so we use it a lot. It does for work that. great for that too. Um, Alex is doing like a thing right now where she's just trying to like live multiple weeks on iPad. So she was like originally on the Mini, and now she's trying the iPad Air um, because it has the smart keyboard. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, like when it comes down to it, a lot of like the casual things that I do on the iPad, if I only had my phone to do them. I would be okay. You know what I mean? Like when I'm out taking street photos, I don't need to like blow them up on a Mac screen and pick out the dust and all this little yeah, like exactly. things that I would be doing with a like a work photo. It's like I can just throw it in my phone, tweak the curves in Lightroom a bit, tweak this, like you up. said, the saturation send stuff and like just send it to Instagram. And like the fact that this fits, this adapter is super tiny, fits in my pocket. And so this phone is, is kind of handy. That being said, the iPad mini also kind of does, but you do have to have like a small bag at that point you're carrying around a big camera you probably have a bag for that which is what i do but sometimes i don't sometimes it's just the camera around my neck and the iphone in my pocket and that's enough which is really as i've been doing this universal control story this week is really what i've like been struggling the most with is just like how do i fit the ipad into my life my phone and my macbook can do pretty much everything the ipad can do either better or slightly worse you know like what it's hard to find one thing that the ipad just becomes perfect at that's always been my issue with the iPad. I don't know how it fits into my workflow. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to mention universal control is crazy. It feels like magic when it's working. Uh, again, I don't know what I'm going to use it for. I'm still trying to figure that out, but it's cool. And it's one of the most, like, I didn't think it would work, but it lives up to to my expectations. And it's super neat, especially if you have multiple Apple devices. Um, but what you're saying sort of brings me to the last thing that I wanted to talk about on this podcast episode it's so hard to find a way, at least for me, and I know that this is a very specific 
us tech guy problem to fit the iPad Pro into my workflow. Um, if it ran Mac OS, that would be a different story. And I think it would make it a far more capable device. Do I ever think that Apple's going to do that? No, I, I don't think that we're ever going to see Mac OS on an iPad, but that's the question that I wanted to pose to you. Do you think that's going to happen at some point? I know we've seen like a little bit of a mix of them in some sense, like yeah, Mac OS is universal in a way like blurring the lines for sure. It blurs the lines, universal control. Mac OS in a sense like is more like I know it's still uh, mouse and trackpad oriented, but the design is a little more touchable. It, it takes like DNA from iPad OS, if that makes sense. You yeah. have like the trackpad on the iPad OS side of things, which I think was an absolute game changer. It works really good. And it's probably one of the best examples of um, like Apple, Apple, Apple iPad OS software integration across like a bunch of different apps. It just, it just works. Like even if an app hasn't been optimized for it for the most part. Not quite um, though. And, yeah. Like it will work. Like you can use it in Google Docs, but the dot is always a dot. It won't go into like cursor mode. So you can't like highlight text really okay. easily. But like, so yeah, as I've been, you, when I was using the iPad for like the week when I reviewed it, I was writing everything in pages because pages supports the cursor, like how the, the what's it called? Yeah, the cursor morphs from dot to line, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Into weird specifics for this it's little tiny dot like thing. changes. Yeah. Um, but that contextual thing wasn't working in Google Docs. And I could totally work within Google Docs using the dot version. Like it's totally usable, better than <laughs> Dex, um, but not fully optimized like Pages was, was, which is sad because I think a lot of people who would be using iPads would be using Google Docs because of its like cloud nature. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I guess just the apps that oh, I yeah, use, I, I, haven't, I haven't run into any issues. It depends on what you're using, right? Like what yeah, you're running on it. Abs absolutely. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Will we ever see Mac OS on the iPad or the touchscreen Mac? That's kind of been like the root of my script for the universal control video right now. It's just like they're blurring the lines so much. I don't know how, like, it's so cool to use. It's almost like blindingly cool. Like whenever I, like today I was watching the nothing event. I had, so my third monitor over here isn't working. We, this is a whole other podcast we could do about the HDMI port coming back on the MacBook Pro and just being a huge pain in my bum for the past. Like I've went through five different you HDMI cables. Mac. I went through five different HDMI cables and none of them work with my display. It like turns on randomly now, like the light comes on and it's in max settings, but it won't show up on the thing. I don't know what's going on. I had, well, you know about the issues that I had with the, the yeah. first gen M1 MacBook Pro that featured the old design. I, I couldn't get it to work with my monitor right over USB-C. So I don't know if it's the fault of the port. I'm, I'm here defending all HDMI ports over here. Um, I think it might just be the nature of like Apple's board or something like that. Yeah, because um, it was a mess last year too with with the adapters and, and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, since my external display is broken, I've been leaning heavily on universal control now. So this morning when I was watching the Nothing event, I had it full screened on YouTube on the iPad, and I was just taking iPad screenshots, iPad screenshots, and then would go into the Photos app and drag those screenshots on my Mac huh. desktop so I could size them for my story, and that worked out pretty well. Did it work out more efficiently than having an actual third display on my Mac? No. Would I maybe have been better off using Sidecar in that situation? Maybe. But it was an interesting universal control thing. It worked without hiccups and went pretty smoothly. I, you know, that's, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that other than like, yeah, I'm starting to see the lines blur. And it's so do you think that someday that might happen? Like, do you think that that's something that Apple would do having Mac OS running on an iPad? 
I like to think so. I want it to happen. I, I do. I, I think that's where it needs to go. I think that's why they separated out iPad OS is so that it could become more Mac-like. I don't know if they'll make it exactly Mac OS or if iPad OS will be like a mix of both. You know, they're talking about this Apple foldable that will be a mix of both. And there's an iPhone 11 chip in the studio display. Like, I don't know if all these clues are leading us towards there be, like being this blending of Mac OS and iOS slash iPad OS. But, you know, when you look at the clues leading up to universal control, like handoff, cloud copy paste, the all the different things. I wish I had my script open. I had so many examples of like, you know, as we were getting closer and closer to universal control, like sidecar, like everything was a hint. It doesn't seem like universal control is the end of that hint dropping things. It just seems like another hint towards the master plan of like one unified OS that's working across all these devices because with them being different right now, it's so hard to find a reason to want to meld them. Except, you know, so I think they need to be the same. I guess to answer your original question in the most like longest roundabout way, I think macOS comes to iPad at some point or iPadOS morphs to become very macOS like, which is maybe that's what likely. That's what I think will happen. I think that we'll continue to see the lines blur, but that I, I don't think that we're ever going to be like, you buy an iPad and you have the option of installing iPad OS or Mac OS. Like that, that's not going to be a thing, but we're going to see those walls fall down a little bit more over the next couple of years. And you're right. Universal control is, is one step to that. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see the next thing be just Mac OS apps on iPad. Universal control would make a lot more sense if I could have the Mac OS version of like finder on my iPad. And Photoshop, you know. That would be cool. But then you'd end up having two different versions. If I could drag a window between iPad and Mac OS, huge game changer. You can't even do that right now with Safari windows. Like if you want to pop a Safari yeah, window that, out of your iPad and bring it into Mac OS, it doesn't work. That was the first thing I tried to do when I set up Universal <laughs> Control. And I was like, yeah. what? This is garbage. Yeah, it was like, this has to work. <laughs> no, it didn't. Yeah, but it's weird. But I think they will blend and I think they have to. You know, every year we just yep. see people complaining about iPads being more limited and Apple is making them more functional. It's just been really slow. And I think that marches towards making them feature parity, I guess. I don't know. So iPhone I think for life. <laughs> iPhone for life. Yeah, just use the iPhone. It's simpler. I think yeah. that's probably a good place to wrap it up. This is a bit of a shorter episode about a very specific topic. Um, something that's a little bit different for us. We're, we're busy this week, but we still wanted to get an episode up. So. Let us know what you think about this format. Um, it's a little more focused. There's not all these segments. It's just about one thing. Let us know if you think that's cool and, and useful. Um, but as always, you can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke and of course on mobilesurf.com. I haven't been doing much writing lately. I'm doing a lot of behind the scenes, fun management stuff and, and lots of meetings. And I think your Mac Studio piece stuff. is really great though. That's true. I did write the Mac Studio piece. I, I was allowed out of my managing editor jail for a day to, to work on that. Um, and I will have a story about the the Steam Deck in, in the coming weeks. Um, I'm thinking I'm probably going to do it next week. And it's going to just, I want to do, I was going to do something different with it. But I think I want to just do a straight a straight up review, even though it's a little later than other people's. Um, simply because the situation with the Steam Deck's changed a bit. There's been a few updates. Um, and it's far more capable than it was even just a couple weeks ago. It's like a very... I call it like a fluid device. Things change like daily. And that's not even me exaggerating. Like one day, like a new update will come out and like a bunch of games will work better with it or they'll totally change the like ability to to shift settings of games um, so that you can lower the settings so they'll better run on it. Like things are always changing with it. So I, I think I will end up doing just a straight review rather than more of an opinion piece like I had 
originally planned. But uh, yeah, um, Bennett, where can people find you? And do you have any recent stories or videos you want to highlight? Yeah, so you can find me on mobilesurp.com, where that's where most of my work is published. Um, just this morning, I published a piece about the Nothing Phone, which we kind of talked about a bit here. And I think it's worth reading. I'm really happy with how it turned out. I think I like cut through the presentation really cleanly um, because nothing is, is overhyping everything. And it's just terrible. I'm done with it. I'm done with like these events to hype up events that are coming in the future. Like that's nuts. I don't have the time for that. Um, and then on top of that, last week, we got tons of stuff up on the YouTube channel. I have a video kind of related to this about iPad versus MacBook Air, iPad Air versus MacBook Air, kind of Apple's Air fight where just two M1 chips and two Air name devices, you know, which one is better in like drawing, photo editing, uh, benchmarks, battery life. I just kind of like went through a bunch of things, did some tests and, and just kind of laid out what I think, you know, which one students would like, which ones people would like. And it's actually a lot closer of a fight than I even imagined going into it. And then beyond that, um, what else do I have? Oh, we have the iPad buying guide. That was the last thing I wanted to mention. It's on mobilesurf.com too. And if you're just interested in iPads and buying guides, we'll actually probably have this link below if you're on YouTube, but we have a full like written buying guide that lays this out a lot more straightforwardly. Um, if you're, you know, just looking for more pros and cons towards each iPad. We're and hoping to do my, more of those too. Yeah. And I think we, we're trying to like keep them alive longer too. Like this iPad buying guide will stay around when the next iPad comes out. We'll just update it with new iPad information because most of the iPads probably won't change when that happens. So trying to do things like that a little more. Um, and the last thing I'll say is you can follow me anywhere online at the Bradfad. Cool. And as always, you can find all of our content on mobilesurp.com and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at mobilesurp. Thanks for watching and or listening. See you. Peace. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.